Welcome to Marine Log Podcasts. This is John Snyder, publisher and editor of Marine Log. Never one to shy away from ruffling a few feathers, Frank Coles has embraced the role of disruptor. Coles, CEO of Transis, wants his company to be an integral player in the ongoing digitalization of the maritime industry. Transis has begun to provide AI-powered advanced decision support tools for operators that will make maritime operations safer, more efficient, and greener. That sounds great. So why is the maritime industry embracing the full benefits of this digitalization? Frank, remind our listeners what Transis does. So Transis provides uh, safe navigation solutions, principally software um, so we, we provide ECTASs and, and safe navigation software for, for ships, but we also provide and build full mission bridges, uh, simulators and, and simulation and training tools for the maritime industry, as well as software and, and project solutions for vessel traffic systems, coastal surveillance systems, and, and, and coastal uh, traffic monitoring. In, in, a, in a complete solution. So essentially, safe navigation tools for, for the maritime industry. Now, automation and digitalization uh, is increasing in the maritime space uh, as a means of uh, increasing efficiency, transparency, communications. What role do you see Transis playing in all that? Well, the role, you know, most importantly, we have to play a role of education an educator. We're a technology company, we're a software company, and and I'm afraid that, that all too often people think that digitalization uh, is all about technology when it's not. Actually, well over 50% of the problem in digitalization is changing the culture of the company and changing the, the human attitude towards it. So we need, and, and the resistance we meet with is because you have people thinking in a paper process mindset while trying to assimilate the use of technology. So we actually spend a lot of time and, and a lot of time trying to convince the customers that they actually need to do things slightly differently and then the technology will be of benefit to them. But our role, yes, we have the technology, we have lots of technology, but it's no good unless we can get our customers to see the benefits of using it and replacing paper processes. Yeah, how do you convince your, your customers uh, that it's, it's necessary to do business in a, in a different way? You have, to find, you have to find the sweet spot of what their pain is today, and you, you have to keep coming back to what is your pain, what is your sweet spot, you know, what is, your, what is the thing that keeps you up at night? And then you come back and then say, well, have you tried to do it this way? And by the way, software and technology will, will make it a lot easier. Um, you have to convince them that, and, and this is where I may differ to others, but you have to convince them that technology is an enabler to make your life easier. It's not an enabler to remove you from your job. It's not, an, it's not something designed to, to replace the mariner on board. It's something to enhance the efficiency and reduce, reduce the accidents. I mean, if used properly, 
overlaid in, in, in a different business process, it's going to make your ship safer. It's going to make it more environmentally friendly. And it's going to make it more efficient. But you've got to spend the time. It, it's not something that, that happens overnight. Right, and, and speaking to making ships safer, human error, of course, is is uh, involved in, at least according to the Coast Guard statistics, uh, for example, 88% of, of tanker accidents and 79% of towing vessel groundings and, and on and on. Uh, mm -hmm. But, of course, it's not just one error, but usually a confluence of events that, that cause an accident. Mm -hmm. How can transits help with, with that? mitigating human error uh, we're back to the same the same point actually but how can transits help with it we provide tools that do provide decision support for the for the seafarer um, we can give them warnings and suggested actions that they can take we can provide through connectivity the same visibility to the shore so that they can work in a collaborative decision-making environment between the ship and the office. This collaboration can be extended to coastal traffic systems and, and, and port traffic systems, so they are all operating off the cloud-based, same cloud-based data and information. But when you reference 80% of, of, of incidents come from, from human error, it, it hides the other problem, which is it's because these guys are tired, or it's because these guys haven't been trained properly, or it's because you've put ectuses on board but still require them to do paper. It's because you have electronic logbooks on board but you still require them to fill in a noon report. It's because the port, the, the ship's uh, operations office could be sending the crew lists and the manifest and all the other information to the next port, but you require the captain to be the secretary and you want him to do all of this at the same time as you've put all this technology on board. That's why he's tired, which is why the accident happened. So don't put the technology on board if you're not going to train the guy properly. But the IMO requires you to put the technology on board, so train him properly and remove the paper processes. That's why the accidents are happening. Lack of proper training. Now, this past January, uh, Transis rolled out some, uh, I guess it's first applications actually for the, the thesis platform. Yeah. What, first of all, what is the thesis platform and, and tell us about those applications? So the, in, in a few short words, the thesis platform is about creating an ecosystem for the safe navigation of ships. We're, we're not involved in the logistics, we're not involved in the fuel energy efficiency, we're involved in the safe navigation of a ship from A to B. and. So Thesis is that ecosystem, and it's essentially a collaborative decision-making tool. And collaborative insofar as these applications or, or, or solutions that I speak of sit in the cloud. They gather information from the, sh from the, the ship's uh, navigation systems. There is some data pre-processing on board, and then the data is then put in the cloud for both the office to use and any vessel traffic service to use and indeed any simulator that's a transit simulator that can use that data to look at how the ship's performing. So, so thesis is this collaborative decision-making tool 
And these applications provide decision support, both for the office, for the ship, and for the vessel traffic service. And all three parties can be looking at the same data at the same time and work together for the safe and efficient movement of the ship from A to B. Now, Frank, these, uh, the system can also be used for, for training as well. Yes, absolutely. That same data can be used for training. Post-voyage, you can take the voyage data, put it into a simulator, and run that voyage on a simulator, or run a portion of the voyage on a simulator, and say, well, you did this or you did that. Why did you do this? How did you do that? Or you can, a little further out that, you know, we're not there yet, but you can do, you can effectively be getting a live stream from the ship and having the same voyage being run on that simulator. So it's, it's like, uh, not virtual reality, but it's a strategy game. Of course, all the talk these days is about autonomous shipping. Yeah. And we're seeing some of the first autonomous vessels, you know, workboat applications. And then next year, uh, we're going to see the first autonomous coastal ship operation. What do you think the biggest challenges are, though, for autonomous ships? I don't think they're necessary. The challenge is the economic case. I'm not sure that we've got or define the economic case. You know, I, I fly out of Orlando all the time. Or you fly out of JFK. Here's autonomous unmanned trains running around there delivering people from... And that's no different to having your little coaster or your little uh, ferry running across the sound here and there. That can be autonomous. But once you get on the plane, there's a pilot sitting there. He ain't flying it too much, but he's there to monitor the systems and get the plane from A to B. Deep sea, the case is about making the ship more efficient, making the ship greener, and making the ship safer. And I think there's enough of a business case to automate the processes to support the crew to get the ship from A to B before you even need to run a calculation of removing the crew. And so I don't see the case for a large ship which has maintenance and has lots of systems having to go jump straight to a business case for having an unmanned ship. I see a case for having an automated ship with strong decision support tools to deliver that ship from A to B safely. What do you hope to accomplish here at the, the Transis Global Conference? So we started this last year, and, and what we always tried to accomplish was I made a decision that this was not about people coming in and listening to Transis drone on about its products. I wanted to have day one as a discussion because of the resistance that you mentioned earlier. So we've got experts coming in. Um, we've got experts coming in from aviation. We've got experts coming in from crews. We've got experts coming in from, from bulk carriers. We've even you know, got experts coming from, from the logistics side of, of the maritime industry, the shipping industry. And we want to hear what everyone's doing from a, different, from a different aspect. We've got a speaker tomorrow who is a um, JetBlue aviation captain with over 100,000 hours. But he also runs a maritime training simulation service. 
I mean, what an incredible person to use to feed and drain and understand how these concepts apply in different, in different industries. Uh, so what we want to accomplish is this discussion. Is it realistic? What, are we, you know, what, what is the impact on the human and what is the impact in an, in an, in an automated ecosystem and how have other industries dealt with this? And then we can go away and we can take those ideas and apply them to our software as we develop them. You know, we, we, we operate in an environment where we have incredible resistance to change. And it's not really the owners, it's also the regulators who won't make a change until they've hashed it and rehashed it and hashed it again for 20 years. So we have to find ways to innovate within the regulations and create tools that can allow all of this to happen while not breaking any rules. And that's actually one of the greatest things that we do, is beat the regulators at their own game. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what do you Did say? I just say that? <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> well, I was going to say, what do you, what do you see uh, the future of the industry and the, and the future for Transys? Where, where do you see the, the, the company evolving? Um, we're evolving from being a hardware, um, well, we're not pure hardware, but we're evolving from, from being one-off box sales of Ectuses to providing a, a solution and a recurring revenue model of service because we provide data and we provide these software solutions inside this, this ecosystem. So no, we, we're going to have these applications and services that ship owners can essentially lease from us to, to run their operation. We, we don't, the whole industry is consolidated. I mean, it, you read about the container companies and you read about these other, but on the vendor supply side, you're going to see consolidation in the communications market. You're going to see consolidation in the navigation market. Um, and, and it's inevitable because the days of selling boxes and competing with each other, we've, we've run out of steam because we've run out of price. Well, we've run out of margin. And it's time for the industry to, to um, create a, a new differentiator. And for us, that differentiator is, is our software capabilities and our, and our um, applications that we can provide in, a, in, a, um, in an integrated way. You know, I hear people talk of the Internet of Things and, and um, some of the communications providers say, well, we're, we're an enabler for the internet, internet of Things. You know, this is not your house we're talking about. We're talking about a floating factory. It doesn't need Internet of Things with 50 different plug-and-play things that you buy at Best Buy. It needs a system of systems. It needs a platform for the proper integration of the different factory, the engine and the navigation. It needs to be on a platform. You, it's not really an Internet of Things. It's more an integrated solution. And that's what we're trying to build here. Not just a series of fragmented Internet of Things objects. Well, terrific. Uh, Frank, uh, thanks for your time. Not at all. It's been a pleasure.